You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. As um, many of you know, we are doing, we're working through a series this month on uh, the vision of the church, the overflow of the church, where God is leading us as a church. And uh, it's important to know where we're going, don't you think? How many of you like driving in a car and having no idea where you're going? I like to know where I'm going. Um, I always struggle to kind of even sit in the back seat because I like to see at the front window because I like to see where we're going. Um, and so God calls us to, to have vision, right? There's a passage in scripture that says, for the lack of vision, the people perish. And uh, there's a sense of when, when as a church, we lack vision, we, we lack direction, the world around us perishes as a result because we're not taking hold of the call that God's put in our hearts. And so one of the things we felt as we continue to journey forward as a church, that we, we would seek after his plans and purposes. We don't want to just kind of keep the status quo, but we want to believe God for the impossible things for the future. We want our hearts to be open to what it is he's calling us into and, and be the church that says, you know what, God, whatever it is, we want to go there. If your cloud is moving, we want to follow it. If, if you're journeying onwards, we want to be in step with your spirit. And so the first week we looked at the, the call of the church to be enlarging, that this isn't it, but actually God calls us to, to make him famous in this community and in the round, to expand his kingdom by going, being the people that go to where others are at. How beautiful are the feet of them that bring good news, right? We are the people that bring the good news into other environments. And so to be a going church, to be a sending church that launches other people into mission both globally and locally. There's a, there's a call for us also to be establishing. And uh, I've shared in the past just this, this call that even between Brighton and Burgess Hill, God has called us also to make impact into other areas that right now we're not making impact in. And so believing to plant other campuses as a church. Last week we looked at enabling, enabling each person to become who God has called them to be, which is a disciple. There's only one kind of Christian, and that's a disciple of Jesus Christ. There isn't those who are radical for Jesus and those who are just passive for Jesus, and somehow we can categorize all of them as Christian. There's actually only one follower of Jesus, and that's a disciple. And I believe as a church, our mandate is to go into all the world and make disciples. We're to make disciples, and we are to be disciples. Learning to be like who Jesus is, imitating him, reflecting him, and that's us as a church to continue to grow. We need to keep learning. We need to keep being challenged that uh, where we are today, we need to be further on next year. We need to keep growing. We need to keep learning no matter how old or young you are. We need to then also be maturing in our faith, applying what we've learned that uh, we can know lots of things, but it's until we actually apply those things into our hearts, it's just knowledge. It's great passage of scripture in Corinthians that says, Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up, right? Love is the application of the knowledge of Christ. Love is putting it into work. And so God doesn't call us just to be puffed up with more knowledge, but he calls us to to grow and to mature. And then also the work of the Holy Spirit bring the transformation in our lives, forming Christ in us. And so as a church, we're all about going, but we're also all about becoming disciples, 
always learning, always growing, and always changing to become more and more like him. I hope as a church that in the coming times, we will look more and more like Jesus. That people will look at Center Church and think, actually, these people, if I were to imagine what Jesus would look like, that's what it would look like. As they look at us as a congregation, as they look at us as individuals, they would see what Christianity, what God is all about. And so today we're looking at the third attribute of the church, and which is empowering. In Matthew 20, 28, it says, The Son of Man, Jesus, did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life for ransom for many. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Last week we talked, as I just mentioned, about discipleship is following and imitating Christ in everything. Well, you know what? Christ did not come to be served, but to serve. And actually the heart of Christ when he came to this world and, and the character that we see throughout scripture is this heart of servanthood. He washed the disciples' feet. He helped those in need. He fed the 5,000. He healed the sick. He, he re- released those who were in spiritual uh, bondage. He did not wait around to kind of be, be catered to. But every environment he found himself, he engaged and served in that capacity, whatever that looked like. If people had needs, he met them. If there were situations that needed to be addressed, he addressed them. He, he was there for the people. Then in one single act of servanthood, for all of humanity, he took the sins of the world upon himself and died in our place. In Philippians 2, 6 to 11, it says, Who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name above every other name, that in the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, Lord for the glory of the Father. But interestingly enough, this passage starts off with, your attitude should be like that of Jesus. Just before we read what we just read, it says, your attitude should be the same as Jesus. You need to imitate Christ in this way. We're called to be like Christ in our service. And so in looking at who Jesus is and looking at what it means to be a disciple is also taking on this characteristic that actually we're not here to be served, but we're here to grow in our faith. We're here to, to, to contribute to the body of Christ. And so the third attribute, if you're going to say, what is the vision of the church? The, the vision of the church is for all of us to be engaged in service. Because that's what Jesus, that's the heart of Jesus. In Romans 12, verses 1 to 6, we see this. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought to, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Just as each of us has one body with many members and there are 
uh, and these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we who are many form one body and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. And then it goes on to share some various gifts. The very first part of this passage speaks about offering. And to be a church that uh, is going in, in and, and, and growing in the service of God is, is to be a church that's offering ourselves. Giving what we've got into his hands. God calls us to, to be a living sacrifice. Giving everything that we've got to him. We all have something to offer or contribute to his body. It says here we have different gifts. I want you to say have. Have. We have it. We already have it. If you're in this space, if you're alive, you've got something. You've, you, you have different gifts. You have different abilities. When God called Moses to lead the people out of, out of Egypt... Uh, Moses thought he really didn't have what it t- what it took. He he really didn't have anything to offer. He thought he wasn't good in speech. He, he you know what will he use to kind of really speak to to Pharaoh and and what authority did he really have? And one of the things that God spoke to him in this very long interaction, he says, "What is in your hand? What do you have?" He's like, "Well, I got a staff." He's like, "Throw it down." And this throwing down, as many of you know the story, it becomes a snake. The supernatural occurs when we lay down the things that we're holding on to. Okay? The supernatural happens when we lay down before God the things that we're holding on to. The gifts that you have, when we lay them down to God and say, God, I give you my life. I give you what I've got. The supernatural takes over. That staff of Moses becomes a snake. And when he picked it back up, it became just a a rod again. And you know, the same thing goes when we lay down our lives for Christ and we say, God, I give you what I've got. I, I put it on your altar. The supernatural, God can work with that. But when we hold it, when we pick it back up, say, actually, you know what? That'll be an inconvenience if I have to do that. That'll be too much work if I have to. I, I take it back. You know, it just becomes a natural thing again. But the point that we, we keep it and surrendered in God's hands, the supernatural happens. And so the very first question I have is, what's in your hand? What do you have? What have you got that's in your life that you can offer the Lord? What has God put inside of you? What are the things that maybe God has gifted you with? What abilities do you have? Can I encourage you as a church that we would be people that would say, do you know what? I give you everything, God. I am that living sacrifice that says, God, I give you what I have. He can make what you've got into something awesome. Even when they were building the tabernacle, craftsmen received the Holy Spirit upon them. So what they did in crafting the, the, the various articles for the, for the tabernacle, the Holy Spirit says came upon them. God took the natural ability that they had and added the supernatural element as they served the Lord with it. God wants to do something amazing through us. But it says in here in scripture, we don't all have the same function in the body, but we all have a part to play in the body. We don't all have the same function. And so the person beside you may have something different in them than what's in you. And the important part is the body that we all function as a unit. 
It's interesting is that if you look at your own body, you know, every bit of your body is there for a purpose. God didn't just put stuff on your body for no purpose at all. Isn't that amazing? Everything you've got, every, every part of your body, every limb, every joint, every muscle, every sinew, every, every vein, every artery, every uh, nerve ending is all there for a purpose. And a body functions and moves and acts when all those parts do their bit. Your body is in health and is, vi- is vibrant when every part works as it ought to. And so for those of you who've had injuries or had um, various things that have maybe slowed down parts of your body, you know what happens when parts of your body don't, doesn't work as it ought to. You can't do the things you once did. Am I correct? Yes. You only have to hurt your back. And you realize how important your back is. Right? I've had it a few times in my life where I've hurt my lower back and you end up in bed and you just can't move. And no matter how much you, the rest of your body wants to do something, that, those nerve endings at your back, I mean, they are very critical that everything's healthy as it ought to be. We need all of our parts of our body functioning as it ought to. And so from this place of offering leads us also to the place of preparation. In the Old Testament, each offering needed to be prepared. It didn't just take, we, we don't see anywhere the priests just took a lamb and put it onto, or a, a goat, or, or a bull, or whatever. They didn't just put it on the altar as a live creature and expect God to do the rest with it. Right? There was a preparation that needed to be done so that offering was to be ready to, to be used. To be, to be all that it needed to be. The priest had to prepare the offering. In our time, we're, we are the offering. As you notice, we don't have animals in our services. We're not killing anything here today. So if that's why you've come, I'm sorry to let you down. There's no sacrifices here today. I don't know what church would have looked like back then, but it would have been a different experience, I'm sure. There's no killing of animals anymore, but we are the sacrifice. We are the offerings. Our gifts, our abilities are included in this. And in Ephesians 4, it gives us this understanding of what the church is all about. We have the fivefold ministry, as we would call it. It says, in verse 11, it says, It was He, Jesus, who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for the works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up, until we all reach unity in the faith, And in the knowledge of the Son of God. And become mature attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. The ministry offices are to prepare God's people for the works of service. So that the whole body may be built up. Our role is to prepare the offering. For the works of service. Being empowered to serve means... Taking what you have and learning how to use it in the body of Christ. We can bring what we've got, but we also need to learn how this functions in a body. How do, how do we take what we've got to offer and learn to, to put it into practice here? You see, the work of not only the pastor, but the prophet, the teacher, the evangelist, all of these different giftings or callings or offices are to help the body be prepared for the work of the ministry. The work of service. 
And so it also means all of us being willing to be taught and stretched and trained into new things. How many of you like to be trained? A couple of you. All right, good. All right. When you start a new job and you sit down to the computer for the first time or whatever the job is, and sometimes there's this big learning curve, isn't there? Where all of a sudden there's all these new things of, uh, of what you got to do and how you got to do it. And there can be this intimidation of, of overwhelming. This is beyond me. But often you've been hired for that job because you've got what it takes to do the job. You just need to learn how to use what you've got in that role. Is that not correct? You need to take... They need to take you, the employer takes you and your gifting and your training and what you've got. And they need to now apply that into, or they need to take what their, their, their situation and now apply that to your life. And so you need to mold yourself into that role so you can do your job with competence. And you bring what you've got to offer into that workplace. And that workplace now is better because you are there, but you're also having to learn how to do what you do in that environment. And the church is no different than that. We all have something that we offer. God has put something in all of our lives, but we also need to learn how, how does this fit in this mixture? How can I be the best that God wants me to be here? How do I apply that in this context? And I believe my calling is to prepare you to serve, as I see in Scripture. Gone are the days, and never should have been the days, where you had a one-man show. The pastor doing kind of everything. Because actually that's not the purpose of the pastor or the evangelist or the prophet or the apostle. Actually the purpose of these these roles in the church is to prepare the church to function together. For each part to know what it's meant to do and how to do it in their role. But just as you start a new job and you think actually I can't do that. It's amazing sometimes when you're stretched into uncomfortable zones, you discover you're good at something you didn't know you were good at. I'm sure all of us have had moments of this. And so sometimes people can see things in us that we can't see in ourselves. There's something in you. There's something you offer that you need to be challenged to serve or to grow in that area. That's my job. It's to pull you outside maybe the realms that you think are your doable places into the realms maybe that God calls you into. Isn't that exciting? No. We all need to be stretched and challenged. Even, I, I, I believe it was Bill Hybels shared even in his own life, he always will keep himself into position. He'll, he'll be on a board, he'll be on some kind of leadership role that is constantly challenging him. It's very easy. Bill Hybels leads a very large church in America called Willow Creek. And uh, it, I mean, it's thousands of people. But he himself will always keep himself in another position that will be challenging him to have to grow into another level. Because it's very easy, even in pastoring a, a mega church, is he can be in a comfort zone, always just doing what he's always done. But in order for him to grow and mature and become all that God wants him to be as a, as a senior leader of that church, he needs to be challenging himself. And so he puts himself of his own free will into places that will challenge him as a, as a person. And so from this offering, we, we need to be prepared and be open also to discover hidden areas of ability and step out in those areas of service. 
That's exciting stuff when you start to do things that you've never done before. I remember back when I was 19 years old and I was a volunteer in missions in Holland and the pastor or the missionary I was working with and we were on a mission to Poland and uh, he, he was, we were doing a youth camp and he was doing all the speaking and then it was one night he says, you know, Ty, I just really feel you need to speak tonight. And it's like, I was a shy kid uh, growing up, as I've shared in the past, Donna can attest to this. I, I didn't say anything in front of anybody. I was a very timid person. But when God moved in my life in that circumstance, I, I, say, I went to God and said, God, you're going to have to really help me because this is really outside my comfort zone, really outside my comfort zone. And I remember as I began to share the very first time I've ever spoken in front of anyone, I realized there was something there. As I began to speak, I realized God had put something there that was different. I never experienced before, but I never felt it until I was in that place of having to give in this capacity. You see, you don't always know what you've got inside you until you're in that position where you have to give it out. And I believe in this room there are untapped treasures of gold. And we're going to do some mining Amen? We're going to do some mining to, to find where that is and how to extract that and use it for God's kingdom. As part of what we're going to be doing in the autumn, again, is revisiting this, this aspect of training and, and uh, the, the training courses that will we'll stretch, hopefully, and, and bring molding to our lives so we can be all that God wants us to be in his body. And the third area of the church that we're called into is to release. Taking the areas of responsibility in the body of Christ. The vision of the church is not to see chairs filled or occupied on a Sunday. But that each person finds their place in service in the body of Christ. Being released to serve so the whole body is built up. It isn't about just showing up. It's about growing up. Into the things God has for you. It isn't just about being here and hoping that you come on a Sunday. But it's about taking your place in his body. And if this is your home church. If this is the place you say. Do you know what? I feel this is my place I need to be. Then actually you have a role to play. You have something in you. And if this isn't your home church. Well then thank you for coming today. But for the rest of us, we're, 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 we're tethered together. We're called together. The same spirit puts all of us this, this connection to, to one another. And he calls us to serve together. That this body, centered church body, would be functioning and moving and flowing in the things that he has. As each part, person takes up the role that God has called them to. And then I believe it's vibrant, it's exciting because we step out. And we see that the wonder of God through our lives. My goal as a pastor is to not have a spectating church, but is to have an engaging church, a church that's part of all that's going on. I want you to know what it means like, what it means to have the spirit of God flowing through you as you're stepping into something that's beyond you. I I want you to know that experience of what it means for the Holy Spirit takes your natural ability and brings a supernatural element. It's something exciting about serving God when he comes in and does what you can't do. And suddenly you tap into the power of God and you think, wow, this is exciting stuff. God is doing something in my life I never thought possible. But thanks be to him, it's it's happening as I continue to offer my life as this living sacrifice. 
And being willing to be molded and shaped into the person he needs me to be to fulfill the role he's called me to. God's got your number. And you know, when he created you, he knew what needed to be put in you for this moment. Do you know that? He knew what needed to be in your life for this given time in history. And our role is to offer all that we have to him. And as a church, for us to refine that and to bring that into a place that you, you can put this into work. When we look to scripture, we see even the structures need to change in order for things to be better. Better equipping of the people. And Moses, when he led the people out of Israel, he was a great guy, Moses. But he was leading a million, possibly three million people. And he was the lone ranger leading all these people. And his father-in-law comes along one day to visit him and says, Moses, what on earth are you doing? You are single-handedly leading all these people. Why have you got nobody else helping you? And he begins to impart to Moses, there needs to be a better way. You're going to burn yourself out. It's not good for you and it's not good for the people that you are the only person that can handle judging problems, that you're the only one leading this, this whole group of people. Just imagine One leader for three million, possibly three million people. That's crazy. Obviously, they didn't teach them that when he went to school. But nonetheless, his father-in-law had a higher wisdom. And so Moses began to delegate authority. He began to raise up teams of people that would would look over thousands. That would look after hundreds. That would look after tens. There was this whole structure that was beginning to put in place. That actually there was now a functioning as a body. It wasn't just the Israel. It wasn't just God, Moses and everyone else. But there was a structure now in which the whole body of the Israelites could, could start to move together as a unit. And there was a releasing of other people. It was great for Moses, but it was also great for the people as they were released into new areas of service. And so even as a church, as we continue to move forward and and dream God's dreams for us, we're going to make a few changes to even how we structure our leadership, which is great stuff. Presently, we have one leadership team that is looking over Burgess Hill and Brighton, and they've been doing a fantastic job just seeing everything go forward and making the transition over the last two years. And, and the team here especially had been, even before that, just helping through transition between leaders. But we just feel that we need to model ourselves a little bit better or closer to what we see in Scripture. And so we're going to be, in June, transitioning from just a leadership team that's overseeing everything to an oversight team, which very much, if we look at Scripture, you can see the overseers or the elders as we see in scripture that Paul's telling the church that you need to appoint these overseers. And really the responsibility of the oversight team is going to be for the, for the spiritual direction of the church, the, the vision of the church, the finances, the legal issues. Really they, they will be the trustees of the church holding the big picture in hand and believing God for the future of what that's going to look like. But what we're going to be establishing in some ways is going to be the different aspect of it is a local serving team. And you know, in Bible, the word deacon means to serve. Do you know that? We use it as a grand term. I'm a deacon of a church. Well, that means you're a server. Right? And so we're going to be, and we're going to use our language. I don't necessarily want to use deacons because it messes people's minds up. We're, they're the serving team. Okay? The oversight team and the serving team. And the serving team is going to be locally based 
one in Burgess Hill and one in Brighton. And they're going to be taking care of the local campus, the missional outreach, the ongoing functions of the campus, fostering this heart of service in the whole church at the local level. The body connected together and releasing others into new areas of service. Because I believe we've just begun. I believe we're just on the threshold of greater things to come. But we need also a structure that can enable that to happen. And so I'm really excited about this this change that we're making. The change will help us to prepare, release and empower the body in greater acts of service than we are now. As we move forward and journey towards what God has for us. The vision of this church is to be a church where we are all serving the body of Christ to see his kingdom advance. Going back to the going bit, the discipleship bit, the, the, the call of this church is not just to keep a holy huddle on a Sunday, but to be engaged in moving forward into the things he has for us. But in order for that to happen, we all need to be serving in the body. And so I guess, again, it's my goal to make you feel uncomfortable to not serve in this body. Because I believe that's your mandate and it's my mandate to be in service for him. Why? Because Christ is our example. We need to have the same attitude as Christ. And if this is your home church, then you have a part to play without exception. There's no buts. We all have something to add to his body. Because Jesus is set the bar. What is in your hand? God is looking for our offering, our living sacrifice before him. And it, just, it starts with the decision of our own hearts of saying, God, this is what I've got. And maybe right now you look at your life, you think, actually, I don't, I don't think I really have anything to offer. Do you know what? God knows exactly what's inside of you. And all he's asking is your availability, not your ability as you see it. He's just looking for you to say, God, I give you what I've got. I don't think I can do much, but you know. We're going to, we did this last year, about this time. We did a sign-up commitment form. Or uh, I'm interested in this form. And it's a way for us to look at, these are the things going on in the church. And for us as a church, or as individuals, to identify, what are the things that my heart is drawn to? What are the things that, God, I can, I can serve in? Maybe I can't do much, but I, 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 could, I really love working with children. I, I really love um, helping out with Alpha. I, lo- I love to talk and I love to befriend people. Maybe because of a mobility, maybe doing things is difficult, but you can pray. Can I even just say that everyone can be part of the prayer team of the church? But you know what we have before you leave today, I, I want you to take one of these forms and to take it home. Just like with the offering envelope, it's the same thing as us going home and saying, God, where am I engaged with? What, what can I offer? And then on that last Sunday of the month, the 31st, we're not only going to be bringing back our offering, but we're also going to be bringing back in our living offering. Yes, we offer our finances, but we offer ourselves. We don't just put a check in the offering and say, God, that's, my, that's, that's me. No, this is you. It's your act of service saying, God, I give you what I've got. There's various areas of the church that need people's engagement. 
And I, I just encourage you to be really be praying and thinking through this. So this is going to be at the, the entrance. As you leave, I'll go hand you one. And if you don't get one this week, I will put one in your hands next week. I will make sure everyone in this church has one of these, okay? And you might already be committed up to the gills of all sorts of things. And that's fine. And so even if you've, you are committed, you're doing things already, can you just tick off what you're doing? And that son, you say, God, I, I offer myself again to keep going, to keep going forward in these things. It's about us saying, God, I give myself to you. And being, uh, taking on your attitude of service in the body. Does that make sense? Are you still with me? Are you still my friend? Good. Good. All right. We're going to go for it, guys. We're, we, 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 we're going to keep moving forward as we all link arms and, and journey onwards to the, the prize that God has called us to. Why don't you stand with me, please? Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.